0: This is Lauren Alexander.
1: And I'm Jeff Odom.
0: And you're listening to the Groove Lab Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. This is a podcast all about the people who make up the music industry. That's right. And our guest today was Jen Tabor, who is the founder of Soldier Straps. An she Amazing is, interview. It was such a it was such a fun interview. Jen was uh, just so inspiring. I feel like I can do anything.
1: I'm ready to start a company.
0: I same. I. Uh,
1: <laughs> what are we doing?
0: I I know right? um uh, but no it was it was so good to talk to her and it was um yeah like I said I wish that she could call me and give me like motivational speech female
1: empowerment
0: very very much. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are going to love this interview. You're um, learn so much. Yeah, so she is, she's a, they're a small uh, guitar strap manufacturer, but they have worked with artists like, geez, so many artists. Modest Neil Young. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Neil Young. Young. Steve,
1: <laughs> Steve Tyler.
0: Steven Tyler, uh, Modest Mouse, Darren Arbach, Iron & Wine, Adele. Tom Petty. Wilco. Uh, she's a jeff jefferson airplane, jefferson airplane. <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited i'm pumped about the interview so i know you guys are gonna love it um before we jump into that i want to say thank you so much to our sponsor this season kaiser, kaiser. oh we didn't even plan that but that sounded pretty good awesome <laughs> kaiser was so sweet to make us some um, custom groove lab kaiser capos and they are so cool, and we are actually doing some giveaways with those. So, head on over to our social medias to see how you can get one of your own.
1: Check it out!
0: Check it out! Yeah, so <laughs> I guess that's all we have to say. Um, I really am excited for you guys to listen to this interview and make sure you follow Soldier Straps on um, Instagram and Facebook. And spell it correctly, spell it correctly, unlike Jeff. S-O-U-L, because you got to have soul. Hello, everyone. We are here with Jen Taper, who is the founder of Soldier Straps. If you listen to our interview with Meredith Atteberry of Kaiser Musical Products, you'll know that she got us hooked up with Jen, and I'm so glad that she did. Um, I'm a huge fan of your company and your work. So first of all, I just kind of want to know about you. How did
2: you get into the music industry? Well that is that goes back far far so well I'll touch on that for a little bit. I started off um, as a music student when I was a kid. I decided when I was 10 years old I was going to be an orchestra director and I did everything from 10 years old until like 20 years old to become an orchestra director. I played in all the orchestras. I Did taught summer camps for kids I um, wrote piano curriculum guitar curriculum for schools and then I started teaching orchestra and then while I was teaching started playing in a band with the kids that I went to music school on the side and and. That kind of led to the next company, which is Soldier, and that happened because the guys in my band needed birthday presents, and I figured that if I got one a wallet and one a flask that I they would be like, oh, I wish I had your present, and they would want to switch, so I made them each a guitar strap that fit their personality. Um, ben used to always wear white button-up shirts, very, you know, starchy and clean, and I made him a black strap that had red polka dots on it so it would really stand out on his white shirts. Uh, Neil had uh, like a bohemian style. He always had those corduroy jackets with those suede patches on the elbows. So I made him something really hempy and heady. And um, those were guitar strap one and two. Um, After that, because I had worked at so many of these music schools and music institutions in Chicago, just fighting my way to, you know, my dream job of being an orchestra director, I kind of went back to them and I said, hey, would you be interested in carrying these guitar straps? And people said yes. And I was shocked. And so it kind of became my night job. I would teach during the day and at night I would make guitar straps and on the weekends I'd go sell them. Uh, the first year we were in business, I walked into 200 stores with a bucket of straps, asked people if they want to buy them. And that's how I built my dealer base. And then um, hired probably after one year, I think right at the one year mark, I hired my first employee and it's just been on ever since.
0: That is so cool. So, okay. I have tons of questions, but first of all, how long have you been in business?
2: This year, it's 16 years. Wow. Congratulations.
0: Yes. That's awesome. Thank
2: you. I okay.
0: Know. Well, so how did you? So you, you were are gonna make a present for these guys. There's mm-hmm. not really like a something you can search on the internet like how to make a guitar strap. Do you have like knowledge of like sewing or how did how did you come up with your
1: fashion sense? Yeah,
0: yeah. How did you? How did that happen? Okay. Do, do you well, understand you... that question? <laughs> Does that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I am like a uh, the ultimate crafter. So I would knit things, you know, I had seasonal hobbies in the winter when it was cold, I would bundle up in a blanket and watch movies and knit. And I would make these crazy like Irish sweaters and they would be insanely huge. And then I would just drop them off at Goodwill um, and give people, you know, give people presents. I would paint little, trinkets and things for friends weddings I would it was just I would make clothes in high school um I think one of the first things I sewed was uh bell bottoms out of curtains and went to high school in my bell bottom curtain pants and mortified my cousin who was in class with me she just did not want to be seen with me I gotta see him because I am a oh, wear, wear bell bottles all the time. That's
0: like his signature thing. Yeah, that's thing. my signature thing.
1: And it's really <laughs> cool
0: that it. you do
2: that. I like it.
1: Yeah. I make I my mean, own. I, would... or I actually had my, my mother have made my first several pairs for me. Um, yeah, good today. job, mom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well that so was so it was just... Cool. Just like, you know, a serial crafter. And kind of the thing that's funny about it is when I made those first guitar straps, my dad worked on cars. So he gave me boxes of seat that he pulled out of cars and he was like, I'm sure you can do something with this. And that ended up being the base for the guitar strap. Once I had the fabric I wanted to put on, I was like, well, what are we going to use to make this, you know, hold up and hold a guitar? And um, I was like, oh, that box of seatbelt that's sitting in the closet. So I pulled them out and our product is always and always was on seatbelt and still is on seatbelt. So seatbelt is kind of the structural base of all of the product. And then, you know, there was like a local store that had leather remnants. I went and bought a couple square feet of leather from them and My idea for the end shape was that it should be like a crest, like a family crest. So I cut that shape out, glued two pieces together. The funny thing is, is the first guitar strap looks no different than the guitar straps we're still making today. It just, it was what it was. I had no template for what a guitar strap should, like this should look like. So I just kind of made it up and it, it worked. That is so cool.
1: I loved how you actually went old school. I went door to door. To these music stores selling your product that is um was that the um did you have like a game plan or did you um have any other ideas how to get your product to uh to the public
2: no and that was funny later on i had somebody come up to me and be like that was a genius move and i was just thinking well i have no idea how else you do that the only thing i the only resource i had was i would call people and i'd say hey um this is Jen. I'm with this new company, Soldier. We are making vintage guitar straps on recycled seatbelt. Everything's handmade in Chicago. Would you be willing to see them? I'm going to be in your area. Would you be willing to see them in person? And you know, they're like, Oh yeah, whatever. Stop in. So I'd get the guy's name. I'd get, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be there at two o'clock on Saturday. And then I'd call at one and remind them. I'd be like, I'm almost there. I'll see you at two o'clock just to, so that they would be willing ready to meet me and um, I don't know why people gave me a chance. I'm I mean, I'm really grateful that they did. It could have just been that, you know, they saw me trying, or maybe they thought they could sell them. When we started selling guitar straps, we made our guitar straps uh the the retail price is between 35 and $60. And the 60 was a really hard sell. Like right now, $60 is kind of the going rate, but it was also one of those things where I said, this has, you know, we, we were using vintage fabric. So it only had a, like a limited supply on some of these things. And um, so you're kind of paying a little bit for exclusivity and also for, you know, for a piece of this thing that's limited. And uh, it ended up working because now a $60 for a guitar strap, $35 is not, you know, a hugely, it's not an unusual price point and we kind of help lay that foundation. And there was no strategy to it. I had no idea what I was doing at all, at all. It was just a side hustle because I had a baby. Uh, I had just had a baby and I needed to make sure that we had diapers.
1: (laughs) So I'm assuming you're not making every one of them now. Do you have like a manufacturer or what's the, what what are you doing now?
2: Yeah, so we're still making every single one of them now. I mean, my, for the last 16 years, I've been buying machines. I I hire people that usually come in with no skill. I physically and personally train them. And then I kind of hand them off to somebody. If they're having issues, I'll come in as like the pinch hitter and you know give them like my secret tricks. But it's kind of like, I train one person, they train the new person and it's just, you know, when I go to work, we I am in a manufacturing environment and we're all helping each other. You know, if somebody's like I can't get this right, you know, I'm there to support them because we I've been making them from the beginning. So we're, you know, we try to look really big so that people will, you know, so that we can stay relevant, but we're really a tiny tiny shop just pumping out guitar straps and then we also make dog collars and headbands and bags and all this stuff and um, those came from we did we started doing music festivals remember the first music festival it cost me a thousand dollars to get into and I just Made all this product because I was like, if people can't wear guitar straps, they might want to have a headband. So, you know, we, if they can't wear, don't wear a headband, maybe they want a belt or, you know, and then we're like, we need to make a banjo strap. So we just kind of like really quickly expanded this whole line made camera straps. And I think we grossed a thousand fifty. Nice. Yeah, we made a profit. So like, we made a fifty dollar profit Yay. on the first music festival. And I was like, okay, okay. I didn't even know making a thousand dollars was an option, it was a real crap shoot. Um, And that's just, you know, so we just kept going. So at this point we've done, we did, we've done Bonnaroo for like 12 years, Lollapalooza, Coachella, outside lands in San Francisco, um, governor's ball in New York. we just did the festival circuit before there was social media we would have three or four teams of kids, usually my brother and his friends, on the road for us at different locations. And we'd be at four festivals in a weekend, all the stuff would fly home. I would repack the boxes, everybody would get back on planes and go back out. And we were just hustling across the country. And the the truth of it is, is that I figured if I could get somebody to Alabama, then I would pay for them to be there for an extra day. And I'd be like, you have to go shop all the stores in the area and then come back. So we would not only like sell at the festival, but then hopefully we'd pick up two or three wholesale accounts, and then we'd come back, and then we'd have new customers. And that was it was total grassroots movement. There was no plan involved. It was just like, if it works once mildly, it might work better again the second time, and it's just been a lot of learning as you go.
1: So literally hitting the streets is how y'all did it.
2: Yeah, taking it to the streets. I taking it
1: that. to the and, <laughs> and y'all are still manufactured out of Michigan. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Uh, four years ago, we moved from Chicago to Michigan. We just kept getting booted out of our uh, spots as the city was getting gentrified. And I said, you know, we've got to find a, our forever home. So we moved over to the other side of the lake. And um, we've been here for four years now. So yeah, Michigan. Michigan's where we're currently at.
1: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you pretty well kept your overhead down to able to um, really make the most of your business then.
2: Yeah, that was the goal was I started looking at, I was like all this money that we've been paying in rent, this could be used for marketing. We could be using this to essentially buy new machines. I mean, every machine like sewing machines, they all do different things. So every tool I get gives me another, uh, aspect of the business I can grow. You know, if I can do this better, um, then we're able to produce a more consistent product in this way. And then if we can make money from that, then, you know, I can add on the next thing, like a new brander or a new embosser or something that just gives us one more kind of, um, you know, piece of the pie, in the overall picture. So that's, I just, that's my thing. I love old tools. I love machines. I love building things. And I I really love training people and helping them because since COVID, you know, I've had a few employees come from the restaurant industry. And the one guy said to me about a month ago, he was like, I never knew about manufacturing. And I was like, dude, I never knew about manufacturing either. I'm like, had this been presented to me in high school, I maybe would have realized that I could fall in love with this, but it was not something that, you know, I knew that I had. And so he's super excited because he has skill. He can, he's a crafter now, you know, and he has these skills that he can use and if he leaves us and goes somewhere else like he's got a whole new set of tools in his toolbox that who knows what that happens you know what he can do with those for the rest of his life so yeah
1: do y'all have a do y'all have like a youtube channel
2: we don't have a youtube channel i would
1: enjoy watching that
2: that would be interesting i know that's my new thing i gotta get on there i've been trying to hide in the background for a long time and not be uh the the face of soldier i mean in our industry in like the music industry people know me but the you know the social media aspect i don't think it's p- people really know that it's me and i've been fine with that but i think it's time i got to get on there and you know open up that youtube channel and start doing some of those things so you hopefully you'll see some more of that in the future i hope so i hope
0: so you'd have to get on tiktok now too because that's oh, apparently it. the biggest thing it is and the biggest like, thing
2: whew. Yeah, there's yeah. a
0: lot
2: to it, but I was just getting good at Facebook. Same, man. <laughs> right? I just yeah. figured out Instagram. I just figured out Instagram. <laughs> what are you talking about, TikTok? <laughs> right.
1: I am Mr. Social Media.
2: <laughs> oh, he are you? Is. He has us all. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <date. laughs> you have a TikTok account? Uh,
1: what's that? <laughs> are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. Well, I follow TikTok. I don't personally do TikTok videos, but I go down oh. to TikTok video rabbit hole.
2: You're a consumer. Of
1: and I just consume a lot of ridiculous things.
2: Can you do the dance on the X? Not in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always, that's my one. I'm like, I'm going to try this. And then my kids are like, please don't. I'm like, no, no, look at me go. Look at me go. How many kids please. do you have? I have a uh, three. They're the second, they're the next generation of soldiers. So I have a 15, a 14 and a five. All right. A five. Yes. Wow. Yes yes okay. i've got i built in my own generation so that when i'm done i can be like this is you know you have to go do this when i'm not doing the music festivals i'm sending them down to bonnaroo next yes yeah oh and they yes. love that That's yes so they cool. will
0: that
1: is awesome yeah and now a word from our sponsor
0: we are so excited to be teaming up with kaiser musical products for this season of the groove lab podcast Kaiser is a family-owned and operated guitar accessories company proudly made in East Texas and globally recognized for their world-famous quick-change capos. Guaranteed with a lifetime warranty, Kaiser capos are ready for anything that the road throws at them. And they offer a variety of colors, patterns, and styles to suit every player and every personality. So no matter where you are in your musical journey, there's a Kaiser capo just for you. Go to kaisermusical.com and use our code GROOVE at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's G-R-O-O-V-E at kaisermusical.com. Kaiser, fostering collaboration and creativity to share the power of music. I do want to talk to you about um, some of the artists that you've worked with because you say you're you're a small company but you guys have worked with some really big names Um, just pulling from your website modest mouse dan Arbach, iron and wine i saw a picture of you and steven tyler tell me about that what is that like
2: um so our the artists are the artists are great and um it all our artists kind of started with i would say wilco so in probably around 2007 we started in 2005 2007 um jeff tweedy was on saturday night live with our owl strap and immediately the phone started ringing and, and i had been thinking like We've been doing this for two years. There's straps everywhere. How come I've never seen anybody at some point? And boom, Jeff Tweedy shows up on Will or, or on Saturday Night Live, and he has her owl strap on. And then I had this epiphany right there. I was like, you know, everybody does these super stupid signature strap lines where they like take Jimi Hendrix's face and put it on a guitar strap, or they take. You know and i guess kiss for for kiss it makes more sense because those looks are so iconic but i was like what if it's just like the strap that jeff uses so i was at a, a street fair in uh, chicago and jeff was on stage at nine o'clock in the morning with his son because his son's band um i think it was like sully monster at the time was opening the the saturday show and I walked past, I go, are you Jeff Tweedy? And he said, yes. And I'm like, I'm Jeff, I'm soldier guitar. And I was like, give me a hug. He probably thought I was crazy. I didn't know he was as famous as he was when I did this. <laughs> and I, I was like, give one. me a hug. Yeah, give me a hug. I'm like, you just gave us so much business. And I was like, I have this great idea for a signature strap line. I want everyone in the band to have their own strap. And I want people to be able to collect the series like you collect bobbleheads or you collect something else. And he was like, I love it. So he walked by, um, our booth later with his wife and gave me his management's number. And that's where that started. Um, so we have signature strap line with Jeff Tweedy. And then just over the years, we've run into people. And honestly, it's, it's amazing people like Jack will support our stuff and then iron and wine plays with Jeff and they turn him onto the, and then, you know, iron and wine gets our stuff and then they'll pass it on to their friends. And it's really, um, It's really been a word of mouth and hand to hand situation. Another person is Johnny Marr. We're starting to do a new strap line with Johnny Marr, who, you know, he was with uh, Morrissey and the guitarist with the Smiths and then has recently played with modest mouse. And he's another one of those people. He's like, I'll give him a box of 20. And he's like, they're gone. I gave them to all my friends. Everybody wanted one. So it's just, you know, they end up in studios and, When their friends are around, who are the people that I want to work with, and they love them too. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, I get to meet some of the artists, and you know, otherwise, um, I I see pictures, get really excited, kind of reach out to them, and we've built some really good relationships just just that way.
1: That's awesome. Well, this cool cool. chick next to me needs a a guitar strap from her.
0: Well, you know, I was looking on your website, um, and you guys have like a like a strap builder.
2: Station, oh yeah.
0: Which is so cool. So I think we need to tell everybody about that.
2: Okay. So we, when we started, we're making everything as a one-off. We're not necessarily a factory. We're just, you know, we, if you said I wanted orange seatbelt and purple lens, and I want this, you know, piece of fabric on it and you know, I want gold hardware, that's fine. So we set up our website right from the get-go we were probably the first customizable website and now we've got I'd say 800 different fabrics on there and you can literally do that and the real key was is the, our web designers kept saying oh yeah we'll make it change and I was like no it visually has to change like I want them to like build it and the orange flips to orange or the purple flips to purple so we have 40 colors plus of recycled seat belt that we use we've got 40 colors of uh um, leather that we use for the uh, leather and vinyl that we use for the ends, a couple types of hardware and then 800 fabrics and it's really build your own since we're not mass producing we have no boxes if somebody placed a wholesale order with me I'd still go make those 2045 pieces that they requested, and it really helps us as a manufacturer, keep our costs low because I don't have to push anything on anybody. I have nothing left over. You know, if I choose to make extras, that's how I have extras. But for the most part, we have what you've ordered and then the rest of it's just raw material sitting there. I will uh, jump in and say, one of the cool things that happened to us and one of the things that really helped us put us on the map was that in our first, effort to make guitar straps I started looking immediately for different personalities because the guitar strap was a personality from me from the get-go and um, I was like we don't have anything for the punk rock kids we don't have anything for the minimalists we don't have anything for the people who like kitschy weird stuff so in building my line I found in Chicago a warehouse that had all this leftover fabric which I thought was really great and in one of my trips To St. Louis, I went to Killer Vintage Guitars in St. Louis, and he said, "I already have these." And I said, "You can't. I just started making them." And he had been pulling straps out of cases that had been, you know, sold or returned, and had a box of straps. And lo and behold, the fabric that I had was the original fabric from the maker from the 60s and 70s ace and bobby lee i found from a dutch website that bobby lee and ace had manufactured in chicago and this fabric that i was buying was the leftover dead stock from that factory so we have what Jimi hendrix had on his guitar woodstock dwayne allman on his double neck guitar muddy waters uh eric Clapton, and that was kind of the thing another thing that helped really Put us on the map as we had artists coming back and being like, like Neil Young's, like I want my strap back, and I'm like, well, we have it. And so you know, we Neil Young would buy stuff from us, and um, the guys in Jefferson Airplane would be like, I had that, can you make me one? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll make you one. So, that is so you know, cool. we. Yeah. And it was all like just childhood memories coming back through these fabrics and not just the artists, but all the people who love those artists, you know, you can't have Jimi Hendrix jacket, you can't have his guitar and you're never going to have his amp and people can recreate it for, for, you know, 50 to $60, you can have the exact same strap. And it's one of the most visual objects that you can have. And it really just like, you know, it just feels good. So, so yeah, that's
1: did these artists contact you directly? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. So you we I would get starstruck if Neil Young.
0: Called I'm me. starstruck just like hearing your stories. <laughs> I'm like so excited for you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well there's there's one thing that I do with artists. Uh specifically i've tried to not be a fan i've tried to be a partner or a friend you know i i don't want to just sell them one strap and take a bunch of selfies and irritate the hell out of them and then they're like "Eh, i don't want to do that again you know (laughs) i want to build a strap for them that they love and i want them to come back to me and so when they want the next thing and so I really you know I don't take selfies with artists I don't ask them for anything if we get backstage passes my signature move is to like take pictures of the roadie cases with their names printed on them or like get a guitar but I would never bother them for that because I feel like that disrupts the personal connection and I want them to see me as a friend and a partner and not like an uber fan who can't control themselves so it's been a little yeah, it's been, it's been a hard, you know. I think Jay Maskis from Dinosaur Jr., I had his poster on my wall when I was 16. I love him. It was real hard not to just be like, We were getting married. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but we were married and now you're in my booth and I'm going to keep it together, keep it together. Oh, you know? That is
0: so, yeah, that's, that's, you, I think you've definitely got the right idea there. It's yeah. awesome that you're able to do that. Because yes, I'm yes. just like, really, I'm getting flustered over here just like hearing about all this stuff. That is so cool.
2: Yeah, I celebrate behind the scenes and I celebrate just that, I mean, whoever thought that I would be able to connect with these people anyways. You know, uh, I think one of the other ones is when Tom Petty had our stuff on probably like in 2015. And that was a phone call that I made to my mom. I was like, cause I grew up listening to Tom Petty. Like my dad would strum the guitar when I was five and sing the songs. And it was just such a personal moment. And I'm like, oh my God, I did something that actually made it to this person. And they don't know me. You know, but it means so much that like that we have a connection somewhere. And like, how in the world did this happen? It's really it's really been a blessing. And there are so many people in the music industry who have supported me. And, you know, all those people who saw me coming in with all the stupid box of guitar straps and like asking them to buy, you know, they gave me a chance. And that is at the end of the day. Anybody who's doing music, most of us started off from the same place. None of us, you know, getting your first gig is awesome. Getting another gig, getting a reoccurring gig, having somebody buy an album, all that stuff is so important to us. And it's the same It's the same for me on the other end, which is making product. You know, I'm just floored all the time that they would be willing to use it. or And even that they like it, it's even so much more of an honor. So I just got to keep going. Yeah. To our
1: listeners, where can um, they purchase? Do y'all sell online, or is it all only wholesale?
2: No, no, no. We sell wholesale to stores, and I I support all our stores that carry our stuff. I mean, that's a big deal for them and a big deal for me. Um, We also have our own uh website where you can go to and use our customizer to build your own strap or dog collar or headband or whatever it is and that is uh www.soldier.us which is spelled like soul s-o-u-l-d-i-e-r and then dot us instead of dot com because i don't know somebody's probably sitting on my dot com money and i'm not giving it to them so yeah so soldier.us is where you can find us and then on instagram we're soldier straps and some sort of soldier but you can't just be the regular soldier it's got to have soul
0: soul mm-hmm. it's got to have yeah. soul and then coming soon to uh tiktok and youtube
2: yeah coming so whatever is,
0: else is next <laughs>
2: yeah i told you so you'll see all the mess of the shop that i try to hide
0: thank you so much it was so good talking yeah, to yeah, you that was a lot of fun
2: i really love that you guys gave me this opportunity i love being able to tell this story it's it's been a ride and a roller coaster. And I think that um, it. hopefully we can motivate somebody else out there who's thinking about doing something that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have all the plans laid out. You don't have to know exactly what you're doing, but the hardest thing every day is making the phone call that feels terrible. You know, the the phone call that you dread, if you make that phone call or, you know do that thing whatever it is getting over that first hump it's like a rolling down the hill after that and every day I have something that I dread and I just try to be brave I'm somebody I'm nervous about contacting I'm like I might face rejection they might say no to me and that could feel really bad and I don't want to do that and usually it's just there's a just it's just another person on the end of the line and you know everybody they have compassion and and if they don't you know maybe there'll be another time in the future so I think just telling everybody to take risk and not be scared. And don't, I mean, don't quit your day job just yet, but go for it. Do it because, you know, that's how things happen. That's how things start. I love that. Uh, be brave. Be brave. Be brave. Yes. I love that. Thanks for listening to the Groove Lab podcast. Stay groovy.